Welcome to Prophecy Countdown with author and pastor Kenneth Baer. Join us every week for the latest updates on what the Bible has to say about the events, the characters, and prophetic signs of the return of Jesus Christ and His coming kingdom. Make sure you not only subscribe, but like your favorite episodes and share it with your friends. Now, on with the broadcast. Welcome to Prophecy Countdown. The title of my message today is The Coming of the Messiah. I'm Pastor Ken. We provide two updates each week. Uh, one on Sunday, premiering at 1 p.m., the other one on Wednesday, premiering at 11 a.m. Now, on Wednesdays, our updates are always prophecy-related, as it is today. Uh, we love answering questions that you have, and if you have a question, please send us an email at prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. That's prophecycountdownpodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. Those are how we get a lot of our topics on Wednesday. Uh, plus, I answer every, question, every email that comes in, I answer personally. I love being able to answer your questions. As I mentioned, my message today is called The Coming of the Messiah. You know, every year, our, our homes, our marketplaces, our neighborhoods, businesses, houses, and our, our churches are all decked out. They all have the holiday decorations, and it marks the beginning of the Christmas season. And now we know that for many, uh, Christmas is a, at best a mixture of some holiday traditions. Some of them are secular, some sacred, some are commercial, but some are liturgical. They, they're coming from the Bible. They're coming from the church. Now, many of our churches celebrate an Advent season. I don't know whether your church does. The church that I just recently pastored, we celebrated Advent. We had a lot of people coming from liturgical backgrounds, and we just enjoyed those four Sundays, 28 days prior to Christmas, where we could kind of focus on and remember as well as prepare for the coming of the Messiah. Now, the Messiah, when we say Messiah, the Messiah that's, that's, the Jewish, that's the Jewish Messiah. The word Messiah is, is Hebrew. It actually is the word anointed. It's the same word as, as Christ in, in Greek. It means to be anointed. Um, now, uh, nearly uh, 2,000 years ago, the, the Jews were expecting the coming of the Messiah. Now, when they were expecting the Messiah, what they were expecting was a, a direct descendant uh, from, of King David, somebody in that kingly, uh, kingly lineage that could restore that magnificence, the, the glories of the golden age that they experienced under King David as well as, as King Solomon. They were presently under Roman bondage. So part of the idea of having the Messiah come was the idea was that he would free them from the shackles of, of Roman bondage. The Jews had waited a, a long, long time for the Messiah. From the time of Malachi, the last prophet and the last book in the Old Testament, uh, to John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, was a period of 430 years. 430 years. Uh, uh, Malachi uh, wrote this, and this was the last prophecy that was going to be given to the Jewish people. He wrote, he said, Behold, I am going to send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord. He will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. That's Malachi chapter 4, verses 3 through 6. 
Now, scholars looking at this prophecy, both the Jews as well as Christians, call this period, this period of 430 years that ended with the coming of John the Baptist, the, the silent period. Uh, and they described it as a time when God was not speaking to the Jewish people through the, through the prophets, 430 years uh, of silence. Now, um, it was Jesus that was going to be the fulfillment of the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. But John the Baptist, Jesus said, was in fact the fulfillment of this prophecy uh, of Elijah the prophet. Now, at the time of, Ma of Malachi's prophecy, again, 430 years before, probably around somewhere around 435 B.C.s, the Jews had returned to Israel from the Babylonian captivity. It was during the Babylonian captivity that the prophet Daniel, remember Daniel with his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? The prophet Daniel had received a number of prophecies in the form of dreams, visions, uh, interpretation of dreams, and the, 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 the primary emphasis, the primary focus on these dreams and interpretations of the dreams was for world kingdoms, four world kingdoms. By, by the time uh, uh, the Jews were back in the land, um, Babylon had already fallen uh, to the Medo-Persian Empire, which was the second one. It was, it was Darius the Mede that allowed the, the people of Israel to go back to the land of, of Judah, uh, and they did that. Uh, now, just as the, as, as the prophet Daniel had prophesied, the Medo-Persian Empire fell to Alexander the Great. The prophecy that Daniel recorded in Daniel chapter 2 is so accurate. It, it, it's so accurate that it boggles the mind. In fact, to this day, there are skeptics who want to reject the historical dating of the prophet Daniel's prophecy and attribute, uh, by the way, that was around the 7th century B.C., and say it must have occurred much, much later after these world empires were already known. Uh, but that's what skeptics do. Skeptics always try to find some fault in what God could do. And what, <laughs> what is it that God can't do? Uh, it, they, they say that it must have been penned at some time later when these kingdoms of Greece, uh, of Rome, and Medo-Persia had already been known. Uh, for these skeptics, you see, it was unimaginable that Daniel would get the four um, empires correctly and in order, starting with Babylon, then Medo-Persia, followed by Greece, and then finally Rome. Now, the angel Gabriel uh, actually speaks to Daniel, and it's recorded in the book of Daniel in chapter 8, and, and Gabriel gives Daniel some of the interpretation. This is what the angel says. He says, the ram which you saw having two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia. You know, and at the time, they were not aligned. Uh, there, was, there were the Medes and there were the Persians, but they were not aligned and they were not a world empire. Um, uh, verse 21 says, And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between its eyes is the first king. You can read this in Daniel chapter 8, verses 20 and 21. Now, history records exactly that, uh, that the first king of Greece was Alexander the Great. Uh, there were some other amazing insights into the prophecy. Uh, uh, for example, there was a leopard, and that was representing Greece, uh, and it had four heads. Four heads. Remember, Alexander the Great was the first king, uh, but after that, there were four generals. This is what it says in Daniel 7. It says, 
After this, I looked, and there was another, like a leopard, which had on its back four wings as a bird. The beast also had four heads, and dominion was given to it. So we want to make sure, God wanted to make sure that we got the prophecy right. Not only did this leopard have four wings, it also had four heads. This is Daniel chapter 7, verse 6. History confirms that Alexander the Great, uh, amazing, amazing um, conqueror, uh, what he was able to accomplish, died early at 32 years of age, and his kingdom was carved up by his four generals. Uh, while the Jews were waiting for the coming of the Messiah, uh, these empires, these empires, uh, beginning with Babylon, Medo-Persia, into Greece, and then finally Rome, uh, came and went. By the time that Jesus comes on the scene, Rome, of course, is in control of the Holy Land. It was Rome that conquered the Greeks in the fierce but inadequate Jewish resistance. Rome was in charge of Judah, and the capital of Judah, or Judea, was Jerusalem when Jesus the Messiah was, was actually born. However, while the Jewish people had waited for 430 years, and this was the last prophecy given to the coming of the Messiah, to the actual arrival of the Messiah, the Jewish religious leaders and the majority of the Jewish people rejected. They rejected their long-awaited Messiah. You know, the New Testament begins with the genealogy and the birth of Jesus Christ. Most people are familiar with the account of the birth of Jesus, including the journey to Bethlehem, the shepherds, the angels. Uh, you can read this account in the Gospel of Luke. Now, I, I certainly understand that many of you do not have the same appreciation for all of this prophecy of the coming uh, Messiah that's given in the Old Testament by Daniel, for example, that I do. Um, but I, but I teach and I talk about all this unfulfilled or this fulfilled prophecy for, for a number of reasons. Um, I speak often of fulfilled prophecy, and there are actually two reasons I thought about this and why I, I spend so much time on this. And I think there's, there's two main reasons. The first is, is that over 25%, 25% of the entire Bible is, is prophecy. And we see time and time again that the Old Testament prophecies, uh, for example, regarding the coming of the Messiah, but not only that, but other things too, uh, all these prophecies were literally fulfilled. And I, you know, I teach that the Bible is literally, you know, people have asked me, Pastor Ken, do you believe in the, the Bible, is Bible literally? Well, I believe it's literally the, 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 the word of God. The Bible tells us that all scripture, for example, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instructions in righteousness. That's 2 Timothy 3.16. So, for example, when we take a look at the book of the prophet Isaiah, and the prophet Isaiah says that a virgin will conceive and give birth to a son whose name would be Emmanuel, meaning God with us. We find that that prophecy was literally fulfilled. We can read about that in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus was born of a virgin, and that virgin's name was Mary. Now, we read in the book of Micah, for example, that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And when the wise men arrived in Jerusalem, and they asked, where is this king of the Jews to be born, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they knew exactly what it was because they could turn to the book of Micah and they said it was to be, he was to be born in Bethlehem. Now, these, these religious leaders were able to say that, but the same religious leaders would end up rejecting Jesus as the Messiah. You know, 
in the, this is amazing. Jesus was the amazing fulfillment of over 300 Old Testament prophecies that he would be born, that he lived, he had perfect life, that he would cure the lepers. There were a number of different prophecies about the life of the Messiah that Jesus fulfilled. Now, I said there were two reasons. The second reason I teach prophecy is that there are three times, three times as many prophecies regarding the second coming of the Messiah as there are the first. I mentioned that there were 300, which means there's over 900 prophecies regarding the second coming of Jesus Christ. And we've been waiting, not 330 years or 430 years, we've been waiting for over 2,000 years, 2,000 years for the coming of the Messiah, the second coming of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, we are getting close, very, very close, my friends, to that time. We're now waiting for the second coming, and there are all the things that need to be in place, and they're in place for the very first time in these 2,000 years, telling us that the time is short. For example, for centuries, many of the greatest theologians in the church found it almost impossible to believe that in the end times, God would gather again the people of Israel. As, he, as it was prophesied numerous times. The Jews had been scattered to Europe and Asia and Africa. Later, they were scattered to North and South America. Very, very few uh, remained in the ancient, ancient promised land. Now, theologians through the ages, the church theologians couldn't imagine that God would again turn his attention to the people of Israel and bring them back to the land that he had promised to Abraham and to Jerusalem the city of David. As a result, they tended to take a look at these prophecies of the return of Israel, and they would allegorize it. They would make it symbolic, saying, well, it's actually speaking of the church, for example. Um, but Israel is back in the land, and this is exactly what the prophet Isaiah had prophesied nearly 2,700 years ago. Uh, and I'll close with this. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 8 says this. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be, give, be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. You know, Israel became a nation on May 14th, 1948, nearly 1,900 years after the Roman arm, armies completely had destroyed Jerusalem and had killed about a million Jews in the process. The Jewish people that, that remained had escaped and were scattered in what is known as the Great Diaspora. If there was any event that should make us convinced that we need to take the Bible literally and that the prophecies regarding the second coming of Jesus are going to be fulfilled just as literally as the first, it was this prophecy about Israel being, uh, being born in a day. Um, there are many still unfulfilled, um, but all these unfulfilled prophecies are God-breathed, and they will all be fulfilled literally. However, uh, to this day, there are still many who continue to not understand end times prophecy. And the reason is, is because they refuse to take it literally. So let me close with this and our understanding of the coming of the Messiah. Uh, the Apostle Paul told us that there would be a generation that would not die, but this generation would all be changed. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul says this. He says, Behold, 
I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now, this is an event that the Bible tells us precedes the actual second coming of Jesus, which happens at the end of the seven-year tribulation. You can read the book of Revelation. It's very, very clear. This event that happens first um, that Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians um, is called the rapture of the church. It's called by some other names, uh, but that's actually the appropriate name for it. Jesus referred to it when he said this. He said, in my father's house, remember this? Jesus says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will Come again, and I will receive you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also. That's uh, Jesus speaking in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. Now, for those that believe in, in Jesus Christ, for those that have received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I'm, I'm telling you, and I'm encouraging you, that he is coming back soon. Soon there will be the shout of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. And then the apostle Paul says, this is out of 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4, uh, the dead will rise and we who are alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord forever. Now Paul concludes this teaching of the coming of the Messiah with this. He says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. My friends, I hope you've been encouraged today. Uh, keep watching, uh, keep believing, and we'll see you again soon. Let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for every opportunity we have to share this message of your soon uh, coming return with the church. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to share the gospel with many people on video as well as audio. We pray, Lord, uh, for this, this horrible war that's going on in Israel. We pray for the people of Israel as well as the people of, in Gaza um, as there are enemies of Israel that are determined to eradicate the Jewish people. So we just pray peace, Lord, on them. We just pray safety as well. We know, Lord, that you have a plan, and we pray that all may come to faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, and that their sins may be forgiven. Now bless the list, listening audience, Lord. Nearly every day, it's common to see, read, or hear something about the end of the world, the apocalypse, or end times. Author and pastor Kenneth Baer's The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom zooms in and breaks down biblical prophecy as it relates to Jesus' imminent return and the coming seven-year period, including the Great Tribulation. Available in both paperback and Kindle versions. Get your copy on Amazon or at Barnes & Noble and select Christian bookstores. The title again is The Apocalypse and Coming Kingdom. You can also find it listed by author Kenneth Baer. Get your copy today. Thank you for joining us on Prophecy Countdown with Pastor Ken Baer. Don't leave without first sharing the latest episode with your friends. Be sure to join us again for the latest updates on Prophecy Countdown.